listening to a sermon from Hebron Baptist Church, a church in the northern Kentucky Cincinnati area that's committed to making disciples who make disciples. We want our love for God to be evident in our lives and for the Word of God to bear fruit as we go on mission across the street and around the globe. We hope after hearing this message, you'll connect with us on our website at hebronbaptist.org and visit our campus, not far from I-275 in Hebron, some Sunday morning. And now, here's a message from God's perfect, life-changing Word. Turn on your copy of God's Word or turn into your copy of God's Word to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31. It's page 1038. If you're going to use the Pew Bible that's in front of you, if you'd like to use the translation that I will be reading from. Today we are beginning, or actually we're continuing our series called Gift Exchange. When we prayed about this series, we talked, wanted to think through what the gift that God gives us at Christmas through Jesus and the, and the results or the benefits of what Christ does in our lives. We receive the gift of forgiveness at Christmas. And we give a gift, we receive a gift that we can give to others. So today I'm going to challenge us through God's Word to give God your bitterness and that you might receive forgiveness. Let us read beginning in verse 31 and go to verse 2 of the next chapter. Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander, be removed from you along with all malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children, and walk in love, as Christ also loved us and gave himself up for us, a sacrificial fragrant offering to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray this morning that you would do a work in our hearts today. That as we have come in this busy season, that we would not put you in the corner, but make you, as we just sang, at the center. Lord, we want you to be the center of our lives. And as we display you this Christmas season and every day, we pray that you would work in us and through us to display the goodness of Christ. So Lord, today, we pray as we Seek in our hearts your forgiveness and to turn from all bitterness. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever seen a trunk or a branch of a tree and to where that a years have gone by that a wire has grown through the f- fencing that has been near it? There's a picture of this, as you can see, uh, that it was awful close to some barbed wire, which the tree fully engulfed. And maybe it's this, or maybe it's a a gardener who forgot that they tied or staked up a tree or a bush and used some wire and forgot that it was there. 
And you see it as it grows, it bunches up, it almost cinches the tree and kind of grows and makes a little waste, almost like a corset or something. And, and, and many times you see trees or bushes just like this. It has grown up and covered and has have pulled in the intruder, uh, growing around it, healing over. However, down the road, it will pay a price. You see, this internal intruder is interrupting the inner workings of nutrients and growth. And sooner or later, that that growth system that's feeding something higher than where it is will eventually die and pay the price. You see, this becomes interrupted and eventually halted. And the corresponding parts that have nutrients for water and growth begin to lead a slow death. This is very similar to what happens to us when we fail to forgive and allow bitterness to root in our hearts. It's not something that we can see from the outside, but over time it engulfs our joy and it kills many relationships. You see, bitterness is a long-term anger that occurs when we fail to forgive someone and begin to use that against them. If there's anything that is true in life about us as Christians, is that we are forgiven people, and we are supposed to forgive. As a matter of fact, we know this time of year that we are reminded of the beauty, beautiful nature of God coming to earth so that he would one day die for our sins. But we also know that as Christians that we are called to forgive. We are commanded to forgive in the same overflow that we have received forgiveness from God. Jesus commands or says in Matthew chapter 6 verse 14 through 15, he says, For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. It is at the core of who we are is people who have received forgiveness and must forgive others. The issue is, is that many of us struggle with forgiving others. Some of the, the hardest and hurtful things that I have seen in people's lives is that they deal with how they have been maliciously sinned against by others. This can be painful it can be harming. It can lead to very dark places. This is not something that is easy, but is very, very difficult. Maybe you are suffering in this way this Christmas season. Maybe you know this Christmas holiday that there is someone that you're not meeting with that is excluded from your gatherings or your parties or, or your get-togethers because bitterness has enrooted in you and you have separated from them. Maybe there is loneliness that has set in because you and your bitterness has grown, uh, has pushed you away from trusting and loving others. Maybe there's a friend that you're missing this Christmas season because you've allowed something to go unforgiven so long that you miss them in your life. 
Well, here's the good news. Advent means arrival. We celebrate the arrival of Christ this season. In the arrival of Jesus is the arrival of forgiveness. In Christ, we can be forgiven. And the good news is, is that through that forgiveness, we can forgive others. And so I want to look at our passage today and look at this gift that we receive from Jesus, that we can give him our bitterness and receive his forgiveness. Jesus came to forgive us so that we now can forgive others. Today, we're going to look in this passage of three ways to overcome bitterness. And then at the end, I'm going to give a few steps that you can take towards forgiveness. So number one, if you're taking notes, it's this. Overcome bitterness by reflecting on your own sin. Verse 31 gives us a list of sins that that Paul, God has given Paul to write to remind us to avoid. Let all bitterness, anger, wrath, shouting, and slander be removed from you with all malice. What we need to be reminded about in our bitterness is that we must forgive forgiveness to others no matter what. We need to forgive in order to release bitterness. One of the ways by doing this is to think of our own sin. We are called in this passage to avoid these sins. We might read through this passage. Maybe you're reading through it for a daily devotion. And we say, okay, yeah, we we know we're supposed to avoid this. But think of how much that we deal with some of these issues. Bitterness, as we've talked about. Anger. Wrath towards someone. Shouting slandering with all malice. This list of sins remind us that we all suffer with some sort of sin. We fall prey to these sins very quickly and over and over again. We as Christians find ourselves going to God again and again and again and again saying, God, forgive us. Forgive us for this. Forgive us for this sin. We know we are sinners in need of grace. And if we want to walk away from bitterness... We need to start by looking at our own sin so that we might walk away from bitterness. Why do we do this? Because we are reminded that we are sinners ourselves. And that if we can't forgive those people who have harmed us, how might we say God forgives us? John Newton was an 18th century pastor. But in his former life, when he was younger, he was a slave trader. He was on a ship that went and maliciously, evilly took people from their homes and put them into forced captivity. As he grew up, he became captain of his own ship and even mate of other ships. And he was in this industry and even becoming a Christian continued in this. But God did something in his heart. He saw grace and the goodness of God and of the evils that had come from the slave trade. And so he walked away from that industry, becoming a pastor in the Anglican church. And he lived a life of pointing others to 
to grace and forgiveness. He wrote these words, Whoever is truly humbled will not be easily angry nor harsh or critical of others. He will be compassionate and tender in the affirmities of his fellow sinners, knowing that if there is a difference, it is grace alone that has made it. He knows that he has the seeds of every evil in his own heart. John Newton was constantly reminded of his own past sins and reminded of the joy that came that Christ has saved him and forgiven him. And as he writes here, so too what Paul writes to us, when we are reminded of the depths of our sin, how can we not forgive others? Because we're sinners ourselves. John Newton went on to write the words to a hymn I think everyone in the room knows, Amazing Grace. And you say, friends, when we are reminded that God saves a wretch like Sean, it is hard for me to not extend forgiveness to others. You see, the first step of walking out of bitterness is reminding that we are no innocent judge, that we are sinners that needed forgiveness, and therefore, we must extend the same forgiveness to others. Number two, the way to overcome bitterness is by remembering the grace you have received. The grace you have received. Verse 32 says, and be excuse me, kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. Friends, we are reminded here that we are not just to think about the bad things that we have done, but to walk out of bitterness is to also think of the overwhelming grace we have received in that forgiveness. Every single offense we have ever made, even in the last two minutes. How do I know that we've probably sinned in the last two minutes? Because we could all say that all of us maybe have not put God as the, the center of our lives, even in our thoughts and, and minds in the last two minutes. Every single sin and offense we ever commit is in the face of God and His Son, Jesus Christ. We deserve wrath. We deserve punishment. We deserve death. But it is because of the mercy of Jesus Christ we can say, I am redeemed. I am forgiven. This type of time of year, we celebrate that. In our minds of Christians, we think, Quickly, we fast forward to Jesus' life to the cross and resurrection. And, and rightly so, we know that Jesus died the penalty we should have received. He took the wrath of God that we deserve. We know that in Jesus, through the cross, that He made way for us to be born again. And He, yes, resurrected and is, is alive today, showing victory over death and victory over sin. And yet... If it's not for Christmas, that would not happen. That God, in His grace, stepped out of heaven and took the likeness of a man to live a life that He might die for us. Oh, what grace it is this time of year to be reminded that we our God came, even though our offense was to Him, instead He came to pay for the offense that we give. 
If we want to overcome bitterness, then we need to continually and overwhelmingly look at the grace that we have received. That we understand that this is the grace of Jesus covering us even now. Tim Keller says, The more that you see your own flaws and sins, the more precious, electrifying, and amazing God's grace appears to you. I don't know if you've seen video. Uh, there's a couple of videos online that, I'll admit it, I cry like a baby every time I see one. Every single time. You know, you say, oh, there's something in my eye, there's something in my, no, no. I'm a, I am a, um, if someone else is crying, I'm a sympathetic crier. If I see someone cry, boom, the waterworks start coming. Well, the two videos that get me the most are those when military members come and surprise their children or the boy. I mean, don't even think about it because you'll start crying. If y'all start crying, I'm going to start crying. So let's don't start that, that vicious cycle this morning. But the other one is when someone, maybe you've seen babies here for the first time. They get that device and they hear their, oh, okay, I've got to stop. I'm already getting emotional about it. They hear their mother's voice for the first time. Or recently, there's the big, there's one that comes a lot, is when those people who are colorblind, and they've never seen, can you imagine living in a world of black and white, and not seeing the colors of Christmas, or the colors of the world, and so you see that they put these special glasses on, and then they start crying, then I start crying, and then everybody in the room's crying because they have been overwhelmed by this new world that they see. Friends, isn't that what happens to us when we think about the grace of God? The whole world looks different. We, we understand that there's been much forgiven of us, that there is a God who loves us far beyond we can ever imagine or deserve. And when we think of this, we start to cry because we know that we don't deserve His love. And then we see the world differently. And we react differently. And we forgive more. And we love selflessly. And we do things differently because we're overwhelmed by this beautiful grace that God has given us. And it is in this that we understand this grace that we have received help us to walk out of bitterness because instead of revenge and anger and unforgiveness, we see the world with grace and forgiveness. As Colossians 3.13 says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Do you find yourself readily giving grace to others? Do you see yourself as giving grace to those for minor offenses? To spouses, to children, to friends? Do you live a life of grace? Well, friends, if you're not, be careful that you're walking towards unforgiveness and bitterness and go back to the wonder of the cross and the grace that you have received. And thirdly, if you overcome bitterness by imitating Christ who came. We need to imitate Christ who came. 
verse 1 through 2, Therefore be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself up for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. See, we are called to follow Christ, to follow God. Even further, Paul uses this word to imitate God as dearly loved children. We're in the imitating stage in our house. Uh, Three days from two-year-old Isabella walking around imitating everything. If we wrestle with Franklin, what does she do? She goes and smacks Franklin. Oh, no, we don't want to do that. She walks around and she says things like, cheese, cheese, because we know that's all my wife eats is cheese and cheese products. She says, uh, I heard her the other day say, Tim Keller says, I'm just kidding, she didn't say that, I'm just kidding. She, she goes around imitating things that we don't realize we do or say or whatever. She just will say them. And in the same way, what does the Scripture say? As dearly loved children, let us imitate God our Father. Are you in imitating God your Father? Not because we should should do it to gain salvation, but instead of this overwhelming nature of who God is and how that He has saved us, that we imitate Him, we imitate Christ. The text says that we are to do this as a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. It's interesting that the word used for self-giving or sacrifice is the same Greek word used in chapter 4, verse 19, which describes how the Gentiles had given themselves up over to immorality. Well, Paul says, no, you are not to give yourself over to those things. No, you are to give yourself to the devotion and love of God. That all of your life is to be an overwhelming, self-sacrificing love and service and imitation of God. Therefore, to walk out of bitterness, we need to imitate the love and the humility of Christ. We are to walk in love. We are to do this by imitating the love of God. Heinrich Bullinger, who followed Zwingli in Switzerland, says this, The Father is love and declared His great love towards us when He sent His Son to die for us. When the same degree of love, the Son voluntarily embraced us and following the will of His Father, He gave Himself up to the punishment of the cross. Therefore, if the Son and the Father loved us that much, It is only right that we should love one another equally strongly. Friends, this is how we know what love is. That God has sent His Son. That Christ loved the Father's call. That they loved us to give it all for us. We think of the great passages of love and we think of 1 Corinthians 13 and how it explains what love looks like practically. And you know what? It's one of those phrases that probably makes you hiccup or pause every time or the Spirit pierces my heart when I go through the, the readings that love is patient, love is kind. 
And then there's that one that gets you right in the gut, holds no record of wrongs. How do we walk out of bitterness? We love. We love like Christ. We don't keep a record of wrongs. In our relationships, instead, we normally keep lists and lists of ways that people have hurt us, our spouses, our children, others. But friends, that's not love. That's revenge. Instead, if we want to imitate Christ, we should think of how Christ loved and forgave. While even hanging on the cross, looked down and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Therefore, we imitate Christ when we forgive. When we forgive someone, this is helpful from many different biblical counseling things to help us define that, is that understanding forgiveness is forgiveness is choosing not to hold an offense against someone. It is choosing not to dwell on an offense or continue to rehearse it in your thoughts. Forgiveness is choosing to forgive, not to bring it up and to use it as a weapon later. Friends, true forgiveness comes from imitating the love of Christ. We also imitate Christ by imitating His humility. The humility of Christ. Knowing that we should put ourselves second. Knowing that it is grace that has come to us. Knowing that it is God's rule over our life. That we should be second to Him. Second to others. That we can't harbor, um, we can't harbor things. Instead we must forgive them. Or then we are placing ourselves over that person. But what was the humility of Christ? Philippians 2, 8-9. through 9, He humbled Himself. By becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. Friends, for us to walk out of bitterness, we need to imitate the humility of Christ. Going back and remembering the fact that we are sinners, we need forgiven, forgiveness, and that it only comes through Christ and his grace. The more we humble ourselves, it is harder for us to hold offense to others. So what are things that we can do to step towards forgiveness? Well, just a couple of quick things as we are reminded. Number one, we need to consider the good in the other person. It's very rarely that the case of the person who has offended you can be only exclusively defined by that bad thing. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of redeeming things that we might be struggling with bitterness towards a spouse or towards a parent or towards a friend or towards a child, to someone you know. But the only trait that they possess isn't the one that is harming you. Maybe they're a great dad. Maybe they're a great wife or hardworking employee. Maybe they're a loving friend. Maybe there's something about them that you know that you can say, I can no longer define that person by this event. Friends, you need to take every thought captive, as the word says. 
Don't let your mind, your sin, and Satan continue to put the bad thoughts of that image-bearing person in your heart on that person. Secondly, we need to pray for the Lord's forgiveness and help for yourself. I don't want to be as flippant to say, oh, just think good of that person and, and, and that would be the way out of it. No, there is nothing by your own steam, nothing by your own way or strength can you walk out of bitterness by yourself. You need God's strength and grace and power and might and the Holy Spirit and the grace of God in you to walk out of that bitterness and into forgiveness. You need to pray for yourself. How do we help someone else? First, we ask God to remind us that our sins are greater than theirs, that we need forgiveness. We need to pray that God says, uh, say, Lord, would you forgive me for clinging to bitterness with this person? And God, would you give me grace to think good about this person and to be able to extend forgiveness? See, it is us going back to our sin and looking to God's grace that helps us to change our hearts first that we might extend that grace to others. Number three, we need to pray for the other person. I have found in my life that it's hard to dislike someone I'm praying for. It just is. If I'm praying for their blessing, if I'm praying uh, for uh, their families, if I'm praying for their, for their work, if I'm praying for their hearts, it's hard to hate that person. And it's hard to not grow closely and more warmly to them. Now, I don't want us to say use this, you know, we can use our prayers as a kind of our own little uh, blow off steam time with God, right? You know, God, I pray that you forgive this evil, awful person. You know, that's, that's not the way to walk out of bitterness. Say, God, help me to love this person. I pray blessings on their life. I know they do a lot for our company. And I want you to bless their work in our company. God, I know that they are a good friend and an important part of our community. God, I pray that they would continue to be. God, I pray for their family. I see how they are so loving in their family. God, I pray that their family is, is joy-filled this Christmas season. The more we pray, the more it becomes harder for us to not extend forgiveness to that person. And number four, make the first step to forgive. For most of us, this walking out of bitterness is not a short journey, but a long one. You didn't get in bitterness overnight, and it's not going to get out of it overnight as well. But the first step is saying that, yes, I agree with you, God. I need to forgive. I'm at sin here. I'm at fault. I need to, to walk out of bitterness. And even if you're only initially committed to leaving your bitterness and moving forward, that's a good start. And it's important that you have someone to walk with you through this journey. 
a Christian friend or maybe your life group that can come alongside that you can share and ask for encouragement and prayer and how you might walk through this journey together. Maybe even asking a Christian friend who would be willing to to meet and to, to mediate and to reconcile because sometimes this is a wise and good choice that the bitterness has gone so long that you need someone to mediate this. But ultimately, at the end of the day, Jesus Christ, by His grace, will conquer all your bitterness one way or another. And I hope that you will take those steps along with Him on that journey. This brings us to something important today. Maybe this morning you have come to think, I don't know if I have forgiveness with Christ at all. Friends, it's hard to extend forgiveness if you have not received the forgiveness of Christ. Have you trusted the Christ who came to earth? who in grace came as a baby but grew up and went to the cross to to save us from our sins. The Bible says that if we repent and believe that we will be saved. And forgiveness is ours. And the righteousness of Christ becomes ours. I hope you come here today and heard the forgiveness that comes to God. And I pray even more so that you don't leave this room, leave this building, leave this church today without receiving the forgiveness of Christ that he extends. Repent and believe today and receive the forgiveness of Christ. For all of us who are believers, I pray that we can overcome bitterness and focus on his forgiveness. What a gift you might receive this season that you can be restored in relationships, restored to joy, restored to a vibrant life in Christ that you walk out of bitterness because you've received the forgiveness Christ has given you. Now will you extend that forgiveness to others this Christmas? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, We are thankful for this reminder from your word of the gift that you give us this Christmas season. That you, a Savior, came that we didn't deserve. That you, a Savior, was born to take away the sins of the world. And in the same way that we have been forgiven, help us to forgive. I pray for the hurt hearts that are in this room. I know them. I feel them. I've heard them. And I know that bitterness and lowliness and rejection is painful. And I pray, God, that today they will leave making the step of determination with your help and by your grace that they would walk out of bitterness. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Hebron Baptist Church. We pray as you have listened, the Holy Spirit has worked in your heart that you may faithfully follow Him. Most importantly, we hope that you've been drawn into a relationship with God. 
At Hebron, we believe that the gospel is the central message of the Bible. The gospel is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, who was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a sinless life, and died for our sins. But he was raised from the dead and ascended to the right hand of God. The most appropriate response to hearing this good news is turning from sin and turning to Christ. Don't stay far from God. Instead, repent and believe in Christ and be brought into an intimate relationship with Him. If you would like more information about this life-changing decision, please contact us through our website at hebronbaptist.org or even better, come see us on a Sunday morning. May God bless you as you follow Him. (music) 